0: You are going to be praying before you take your seat. And the prayer you are going to pray is that God will show you, show your enemies tonight, how powerful He is. Do you hear that prayer point? And Father, show my enemies tonight that you are the Lord of hosts, that you are the all powerful God, that with you, all things are possible. Go ahead and begin to pray that prayer. Lord, manifest your power in my life tonight. Demonstrate to my enemies that you are the all powerful God. Show my enemy your almightiness tonight. Show this sickness in my body that you are the great healer. That you are Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that healeth me. Show my enemies tonight that you are Jehovah. In the name of Jesus, scatter and remove. Every roadblock to my miracle, every entrance to my breakthrough, every entrance to my healing, every entrance to my promotion, remove them completely tonight. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus mighty name we are praying. I wanted to pray very well tonight. The short time we are going to be spending. I want to take it from the testimony of our sister. She stood there last month. But you have to do your part, because she did have. Come and be in vain. So, please pray whatever you are asked to do tonight, do with every strength in you, so that you will come back next month to come and testify. And that shall be your portion in the name of Jesus. You're going to say, Lord, please remember me for good tonight. Open the book of remembrance and pay attention to my situation. God, remember me for good tonight. Jesus, remember me for good tonight. Jesus, remember me for good tonight. Pay attention to my situation. I don't want to go the same way I came. I want to go back home tonight to refresh with answer to my prayers. In the name of Jesus. Thank you Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name we are prayed. Father we thank you because we know you are here already. We exhort you because you are set to do what only you can do in our midst. I declare the Lord tonight is the night of testimonies for someone here present in the name of Jesus. Master, if I must but to touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. I decree every issue disappear tonight in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's have a seat. Come so if I can get more baths, please. still it's it's shouting. More baths, please. Let's open our Bible to James 4, 6. It's still too light. I will let it come out here. James 4.6 We're going to be talking on the danger of pride in receiving your abundant victory. The danger of pride P-R-I-D-E in receiving your abundant victory. This year has been declared the year of abundant grace. And one of the graces that God has in store for you and I is that we have victory all around. But you know, we are going to be looking at how pride can deny you of your miracle. James 4.6 He said, but he giveth more grace... More there means abundant grace. Wherefore, he said, God resisteth who? The proud. But giveth grace unto who? The humble. So if you want more grace, you better humble yourself. Proverbs 11.2 When pride cometh then cometh shame but with the lowly is wisdom. So pride is associated with shame. You will not be ashamed in the name of Jesus. Proverbs 16.18 Proverbs 16.18 Pride goeth before destruction and an utter spirit before a fall. Proverbs twenty nine twenty three. Proverbs twenty nine twenty three. A man's price shall bring him low, but honour shall uphold the humble in spirit. 1 Samuel 2 3. 1 Samuel 2 3. Talk no more so exceeding proudly. Let not arrogancy come out of your mouth. For the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. You know, you can deceive everybody, but you can't deceive God. Can you deceive God? You can show people you are evil, humble outside. But inside, your pride is as big as this. And people don't see it. But who sees it? God. The Bible says, by God, by Him, actions are weighed. So the pride we are talking of tonight is not that, okay, you wear ten suits to show that you are big. We are talking of the pride in your heart that can hinder your miracle. Psalm 138 verse 6 Psalm 138 verse 6 Though the Lord be I yet as he respects unto the lowly, but to the proud he knoweth afar off. I'm going to read that from New Living Translation. It said, says, though the Lord is great, he cares for the humble. How great as our God is, the Bible says he cares for the humble. But what does he do for the proud? But he keeps his distance from the proud. So, as a proud man is trying to move close to God, what is God doing? God is moving away. He said, God keeps his distance from the proud. So, what then is pride? I believe you know the meaning. But let's just look at one minute tonight. A feeling of deep pleasure of satisfaction. Derive from one's achievement, one's position, one's beauty, any achievement you have, you derive a pleasure from it. You look at that thing that you have, that position, that car, that house, that status you have, that country, where you come from, even that state. you know some people they are both full of the state they come from, in that big India. So we are from this side, you are from that side. I've seen people manifest that in our midst. Well, what then is humility? Of course, opposite of pride. Humility is a modest view about your achievements. More or less you can say, you don't see that achievement, but you see the person that makes you to have that achievement. And by no means should you confuse humility as inferiority. Some people make that mistake. That you are humble does not mean you are inferior. All humility is saying that what you have, you don't focus on it but you focus on the person that gave you what you have. So you are not feeling inferior to anybody. That is why it is easier for an illiterate to get into a miracle fast. Faster than a professor. Do you know? If you pray to a professor, he will still be using his logical thinking. Analytical thinking. Oh, why is it possible? How can one plus one is equal to two, man? But an illiterate, you tell him Jesus can heal. Yes, he can. What do you think makes the professor to be listening? Is the pride of because of what he has. But the Bible says, "What is it you have that you have not received of the Lord?" <laughs> the wisdom that you said you have is from who? from the Lord. We saw the example of what pride means in the life of King Saul. If you go to 1 Samuel 16, 1 First, First Samuel chapter 14 and 15, let's go to 1530 and you'll see what happened to King Saul. King Saul lost a throne that you will have had probably forever because of pride. He was more mindful of what people would say than what God would say. In 1 Samuel 1530, the Bible said, Then he said, I have seen, this, this was after Saul, Samuel said, Saul, you have been rejected. You disregard the instruction of God. And because of that, the kingdom is taken away from you. Look at what Saul said. He said of Saul to prosper. I said, Simon, I'm sorry. God, I'm sorry. Saul said, then he said, I have sinned. Yes. Yet honor me now, I pray thee, before the elders of my people and before Israel. And turn again with me. That I may worship the Lord. This is a man God just rejected. But he was mindful of what people will say than what God will say. That is what? Pride. But look on the contrary, King David. In Second Samuel 6.14, we saw David demonstrated humility that even the president of today cannot demonstrate. In verse 4, Second Samuel 6, verse 14. And David danced before the Lord with all his might. And David was guided with a linen effort. But something happened. The wife of David that supposed to join David to dance. Look at what she said in verse 16. And as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David... Mekah's soft daughter looked through a window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord. And she dispersed him in her heart. Now, it would have been better for Sister Mecca to just keep quiet. But she saw the, man, the king dancing because the king was a humble king. He has, he has lost anything called pride. Because he knew where God took him from. From the back of the desert. God took him from watching shepherd. From watching sheep. And make him a king. So how will David not be humble? David was dancing anyhow in the presence of the Lord. But look at the wise. saying, look at you, A useless man. You are dancing in front of God like this. In the presence of the people. But do you know that's what many of us we do? You are more conscious of yourself in the church than conscious of God. And you want miracle from the same God. <laughs> Check the Bible. the Bible. There was no record of any woman that was declared barren in the scripture and did not give birth later. Only this woman. Because of her pride. She lost the value of being a woman. That is married. You better change your mind. Next time you see somebody dancing for Jesus. And in your heart you are saying this man must be a fool. How can he be dancing in church like this? I think many of us we need to visit Nigeria. And <laughs> see the way people praise God. How people dance and do you know what one of the things that pains me when i see people they are more conscious about themselves than god when we used to go to parties the same you you dance anyhow in that party you remember you remember now you remember when you get to that party when you get to that disco you dance anyhow but now in the house of your god The owner of heaven and earth, you are more conscious. No, I don't want to embarrass myself. What will people say? And you want miracle from the same God? It doesn't work that way. You need to be lost in His presence. You need to humble yourself that, God, whatever I need to do, I need to roll on the ground for you. I'm ready to do it. I don't care what anybody says. I'm here for you, not for anybody. You know why? The moment you are in your room, And you are crying. All those people you are thinking of. Are they with you? Tell me now. So why are you conscious of them? And not praising your God the way you ought to? Let's look at two examples in the Bible. Someone that almost lost his miracle. Just because of the same pride we are talking of. And the man's name is called Naman. Naman... Nearly lost its miracle just because of what? Pride. In 2 Kings 5, 1 to 16. 2 Kings 5, 1 to 16. Let's, 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 let's go there, please. That will be our major meditation tonight. 2 Kings 5, 1 to 16. I'll be reading and I will explain. Just follow me. Now Naaman, the captain of the host of king of Syria was a great man with his master and honorable. Because by him the Lord had given deliverance. Victory unto Syria. He was also a mighty man in valor. But he was a leper. Note it very well. Who gave him the victory? Who gave him victory? But it was one side victory. He was a victor in the public, but a defeated man in the private. He was a leprous man. I could imagine Brother Naman, or Commander Naman, okay, he wasn't born again anyway, Commander Naman, the General of Syrian Army. He would only sit in one room and be given order. Attack, he was giving them strategy, but he dare not come out because the soldiers would see his hand that is leprous. Many of us are in such a situation. You are hiding outside, but you have something secret burning you. But tonight, if only you will ask it to the word of the Lord, the Lord will deliver you in the name of Jesus. Leprosy turns General Naman to a defeated foe in his room. I don't know whatever has made you to be defeated in your room. Where nobody else is looking at you, you are the only one in the room. That's why you start to cry. In verse 2, and the Syrian army had gone out by companies and had brought away captives out of the land of Israel, a little maid, and she waited on Nama's wife. Because of time, I will not be able to read everything. And she said, let's read verse 3. And she said unto her mistress, Would God, my Lord, were with the prophet that is in the Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. And that talks about what we learned on Sunday, on Friday. This lady was a captive. She was walking, but that she was walking as a slave did not stop her from testifying about her God to make her employer to receive healing. We had everything on Friday. No matter how devilish your your employer is, you are mandated to still show him Jesus. Do you know that? Mm -hmm. That's just to to make reference to Friday's message. She was a faithful, submissive, and God-fearing servant. Now, because of my time, let's just go to verse 8. The summary of it is, the king of Syria said, By compulsion, the king of Israel must heal Naaman. So he sent Naaman to Israel and said, Naaman, king of Israel, I have heard that you you can heal. There's a prophet in your land that can heal. I'm sending Naaman. Look at what happened when Naaman got to the land of Israel. In verse 8. And it was so, when Elisha, the man of God, had heard that the king of Israel had rent his clothes, that he said to the king, saying, Wherefore hast thou rent thy clothes? Let him come now to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. Verse 9. So Naman came with his horses, a leprous man. Pay attention. He came with his horses and with his chariot, and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. Pride number one. Someone that's supposed to go and say, please, I want to see the man of God. I'm prostrate. Please, man of God, I need healing. You need to hear me. He stood outside the door. I said, call that prophet for me. I want to see him. <laughs> he expected Elisha to come out from his room Lay hands on him and he will get ill. And of course, you know what he meant? He expected Elisha to come and bring his God to him. That's what many of us will do. He stood outside. And verse ten. And Elisha sent a messenger. I love Elisha. He did not even come out. He sent a messenger unto him. You stood outside. Okay, you are the one that has problem. I don't have a problem. He sent a messenger to him. And look at what he said. Go and wash in Jordan several times. Not one time. And thy flesh shall come again to thee. And thou shalt be clean. It was a clear divine instruction. And do you know, it was a test to humble Nama. Because until Nama got Ombu... There's no miracle coming for brother Nama. He said I should go and wash in Jordan. And look at what he said. But Nama was wrought and went away. <laughs> Who is Lucy? Elisha or Nama?
1: Uh-huh.
0: He went away and said, Behold, I thought, look at it. Many of us, this is our position. You are thinking like this man. So I thought it would surely come out to me, as if it's Elisha that I have a problem, and stand, and call on the name of the Lord this God, and strike his hand over the place, and recover the leper. You see, it's perfect thought, it's intellectual thought. I'm not Abana and Pharaoh, rivers of Damascus, very sweet river, probably river that they, they clean every week. Are there not rivers in Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? You see, that is how a proud man talks. May I not wash in them and be clean. So he turned and went away in rage. Your thinking, your thought is, is far too small compared to this God that we serve. Many of us, we are so conditioned, God, that if God does not do my miracle like this, forget it. If God does not do it this particular way, if Pastor does not come to come and do this sorry, the miracle can, can go. No man was prepared to go and die and probably be sacked because the moment a general does not have and again and legs, what happened? They will sack him. He was prepared to go do that, then get his miracle because of what? Pride. But look at what another servant did. And the servant came near and spoke unto him, said, My father, if the prophet has bid thee to do some great things, you see, many of us, we, all, we have not received a miracle because we are expecting the pastor to shake like this. We expect the pastor to, to put armor on your head before you, your miracle come. It doesn't work. God said, My thoughts are so far from your home. All you need to just believe. But do we believe? Let's read that again. The Sabbath said, If the prophet has bid thee to do some great things, would thou have not have done it? How much rather, when it's said to thee, wash and be clean. And in verse 14. Then went he down. Thank God for Naaman. And that is the place, this is the place I want everyone that is in this shoe. When God was giving this message, I know it's targeting someone. If you're in this shoe, please, would you better change your way like Naman did. The Bible said then he went down and dipped himself. This is verse 14. Several times in Jordan according to the saying of the man of God and his flesh came again like unto the flesh of a little child and he was clean and he turned to the man of God he and all his company and came and stood before him no longer outside <laughs> you remember what he did before he stood where outside. Now he went to the man of God. The miracle has happened. Here I am. And he said, behold, now I know that there's a God. There's no God in all the heart, but in history. Now therefore, I pray thee. You see how God humbled this man. God really humbled this man. He said, now I pray thee, take a blessing of thy servant, but He said, As the Lord liveth, before whom I stand, I will receive none. And he urged him to take it, but he refused. He begged Elisha, Take this money, take this clothes. He said, No, I don't want It is your pride God wants to to humble. You better not become like Nama so that you don't hinder your own miracle. I will give you three major things that we learn from this story. Before we continue, number one, it is possible to be victorious in the public, but defeated in the private. No matter your status, no matter your profession, no matter your beauty, no matter anything you, you have. It is possible in the public, you are this, but in your private, what happens? You know how you cry. But do you know that the desire of your God is that you will have all-round victory. Victory in the public, victory in the private. But you need to humble yourself. Paul John 2 said, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper, and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. And the second thing we learn from this story is an equation which is faith plus pride is equal to defeat. Faith plus pride is equal to what? Defeat. Do you know the fact that Naaman came to the man of God and in his subconscious mind he wanted the man of God to come, pray and lay hands on him and he will be healed. That is what? Faith. I know you have been taught about how to have faith. Many of us, we have the faith. But what is missing is what? Pride. That is why you still remain defeated. Nehemiah had faith. He came. He had faith. But he lacked humility. So faith for pr- plus pride equals to defeat. Pride almost made Nama lose his victory on that day. He got so close to it but because of pride he almost lost it. Thank God for good servant. And number three things we learn from it is from verse 14 to 15. The second one is from verse 11 to 12 and it's another equation which I call faith plus humility with complete obedience as the constant. If you know mathematics, you know what that means. Complete obedience as the what? The constant. Faith plus humility equals to what? Victory. Don't wait until God humble you before you humble yourself. Go and ask Nebuchadnezzar. The Bible said, because of pride, he turned to an animal and began to eat grass. For how many years? Seven years. But after seven years, when he was humble, the same man that said there was no God, said, oh, there's no God like this God. You better worship him. If not, it will disgrace you. God waited until the several times before the miracle happened. Do you know if Naaman, because of his his pride, went into the water, one and said, I'm tired, and go back to Syria. What will happen? He will have died a leprous man. But he had to complete obedience until the several times the flesh was still the same. What has God told you to do? And you are about to give up. You better don't give up. For if you give up, you are on your own. Why do we religiously obey doctor's instruction but fail to obey divine instruction? Many of us, we religiously take our medicine, prescription, but you if only we can, you can religiously study your Bible the way you religiously take your medicine, I think that healing will have you received it. True or false? You know the time, the exact time you should take that medication. But you don't have a structure for your Bible study. You don't have a structure for your prayer life. But you, have, you stick to this instruction of doctors. Say so you must take this before food. You must take this after food. You must take this after afternoon. You don't miss it. But do you structure your prayer life that way? Do you allow your logical reasoning to deny you of your blessing, of your victory because of who you are? A graduate. How can they say a graduate will go and be lifting up hands um, in church? Many of all they say, when you, when you should praise God, you will find it difficult to lift your hand and praise God. You say, Who is he? Can't even, I, I've seen somebody tell me in this church, <laughs> she said, How can someone stand on, on the altar and say, We should praise God, we should stand up? How can someone say that? I've heard it. Not that I'm imagining. It. So don't think I'm just. Say, how can someone standing here and be saying, lift up your hand. I'll be commanding you. (laughs) And you want something from this God. You better don't be like Naaman. That was a man. Just to tell you how powerful doctors are. Wonderful doctor. (laughs) He was a chain smoker. And the family wanted him to stop. Because they don't want him to die young. And so they conspired with the family doctor. I said, doctor, please tell our our brother. That if he doesn't stop smoking, he will die the next one week. (laughs) The man stopped smoking till today. (laughs) Why do we allow ourselves to be false before we do the writing that will benefit us. Let's quickly look at Matthew fifteen twenty one to twenty eight, and we see another story in the New Testament about humility a woman that humbled herself to the point of taking a miracle, even when she was not yet due for it. But with humility, she took what belonged to her. In Matthew 15, to it is the story of the woman of Canaan, who the daughter was vexed with devil at home. Verse twenty one, Matthew fifteen, twenty one. Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon, and behold a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, that son of David, my daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. The mere fact the woman cried in public that Jesus, have mercy on me. That is what? Humility. Many of us will find it difficult to even pray aloud in church. When there is no neighbor, no money to stop you from praying, you find it difficult to even open your mouth aloud to pray. And you want miracles from this God? The question you should ask yourself is, who am I? Compared to this God. When they say open your mouth and pray, many of us are still murmuring the prayer. This woman, humble herself her he cried. Jesus, don't go, please. My daughter is blessed with the devil. I need your help. It takes humility to do that in public. That's number one. Why do we wait until your situation becomes desperate before you cry to God? That's what God is telling us now. Many of us, you wait until your problem becomes critical before you treat it as a critical situation. Verse 23, but he answered, this is Jesus, her not a word. And the disciple came and besought him, saying, send her away, for she cried after us. That is enough to make the woman to run back. Jesus not her. But it was a test. A test of her humility and faith. She said, Jesus, please, just do something about this, my daughter. Jesus did not answer her. Jesus behaved as if he didn't see her at all. In verse 24, but look at what the woman did. But he answered and said, I am not sent. This is Jesus talking. But I am not sent but unto the Lordship of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him. Do you see that? Somebody snubbed you and said, I am not going to give you a miracle, but this woman did what? She knelt down and worshipped Jesus. This should be our approach when you approach the presence of the Lord. Many of us, our countenance, our attitude in church shows that you are just saying, God, I'm just here to do you a favor. Because I don't want pastor to ask me that I didn't come to church. Many of us talk, we are here to do God's favor when you come to church. All I'm telling you tonight, I have seen it, I have heard it. That's why the Holy Spirit say, go and tell them. Because that is the root of why some people are still in the situation they are. Some people, the way they treat their fellow human beings, fellow believers in church, shows that they are what? They are proud. And you want the same God you, tell, you say you are serving to give you miracle? He doesn't do that. Verse 26. But she answered and said, It is not me to take the children's bread. This is Jesus, I beg your pardon, 26. But Jesus answered and said, It is not me to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. So Jesus called the woman what? She called the woman what? dog. Second insult. But this woman persisted. Said, no, whatever you call me Jesus, all I need is what? My miracle. And verse 27, and she said, truth Lord, yet the dog eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. This is the peak of what? Humility. When you go to the same book of Mark, just go the parallel of this in Mark seven. The Bible says Jesus told the woman that no, she's, Jesus not the woman and told her that story because Jesus said it is false for the Israelites. When I'm gone, my disciple will take it to the Gentiles. But with the humility of this woman and in her faith, what happened? Jesus changes plan. I'm teaching you the principle of getting what belongs to you. And thank God you are not a slave. You are a child of God already. But if faith minus humility, what happens? Defeat. So I need you to begin to check yourself. Is there any seed of pride in you that would deny you of your victory, of your miracle, or has been blocking your way from receiving attention from heaven? Remember what we read at the beginning? He said, only the humble will God draw to himself. But the pride, the proud, what will he do? God runs from the proud. He said, we'll keep them far from him. And you want blessing from the same God, it doesn't work. This woman passed a test. I pray you will pass your test in the name of Jesus. I said you will pass your test in the name of Jesus. And verse 28, Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that same hour. This woman got a miracle because of what? Faith plus humility equals to what? victory. From that story, we have confirmed the first formula, that your faith, without humility, will lead to defeat. But your faith plus your humility, you are victorious. With your constant, total obedience. And number two, be prepared for your test. God will test your faith. It will test your humility before giving you that miracle. And number three, God can use any means to test you and you cannot avoid it. And you cannot change it. And you can't do anything about it. You just have to write the test and pass. So don't ask him, why did Jesus do that way? That is how Jesus wanted to do it. And you can ask him questions. And Jesus is still testing us today. Have you passed your test for that miracle to happen in your life? In James 4:10, the Bible says, "Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and He shall lead you. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and He will give you victory." proud in his presence, and he would demote you like anything. That's the opposite. And they're rounding up, because of our time. Another example you see in Mark 6, 1 to 5. Jesus went to his own town. Let me say this. Jesus went to his own town, and the Bible said he could not perform Mighty miracle. Not because he prayed for the people, they didn't get ill. But the people did not even come for healing. The Bible says because of their unbelief. If we go to Amplify, say because of their unbelief. And what does the unbelief mean? Their lack of faith in the person of Jesus. They say, Is it not the carpenter's son? Is it not the, 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 the son of Mary? How can he be doing this? We don't we, forget him. That is what? Pride. They saw him do mighty miracle, But because of their pride, what happened to them? He could not heal them. So I'm telling you a principle that you need to hold on to. What is that thing in your life, your attitude in the church, in the presence of God, that is denying you of his attention? In conclusion... Before we go to pray. First Peter 5, 6-7 Humble yourself therefore under the mighty hand of God. That he may exhort you in due time. Casting all your cares upon him. For he cares for you. Many of us we quote that verse 7. But you don't look at verse 6. If you are still proud in His presence, you cast your cares upon Him. He will just be looking at you. Because you have still not, you have not done what you need to do in opening yourself. Let's be on our feet. Let's be on our feet. We want to pray. Jesus is ready and willing to give you victory. Or are you ready and willing to humble yourself? Without doubt that you are here tonight, you have demonstrated a level of faith that only Jesus can give you victory. But what is that thing in your life, that seed of pride in you? I've shown you today that it's not until when you say, yes, I am this. But your attitude, your look, your intention, your thought... The Bible says, God weighs your thoughts. Your thoughts, when you see a man of God preaching, what is the thought going in your heart? Are you the same? if you're not the man that we break quicker together, we eat briyani together, how can he be hard for me? Many people have lost their miracle because of that. So this man, many children of pastors, wives of pastors, they are living a defeated life because of this same principle. So that same man, the man that I know is weakness." He will not climb the altar and say, You want to lay out for me? You want to pray for me? Forget it. And the woman is in trouble. So please, if you are in this shoe, the Holy Spirit asks me to tell you, you need to change your approach in the presence of God. They ask you to lift your hand. You say, why should I lift my hand? Why can't you be commanding me? They say, come and pray. See our sister, she came out for prayer. If she didn't come out for that prayer on that day, the problem will still be there. But she came out to be lay hands on, and she went on with a miracle. And some people are here saying, I I don't need to go out. Why do people lay lay hands? Let me tell you this. There was a man of God. God said, during the meeting, that somebody has an issue, and the person should come out now, to be prayed for. The person did not come out. So the person more or less disgraced the man of God, Right? That the man of God, the prophecy was fake. So when the service ended, the man now secretly went to the man of God. The man of God, I was the one you said during that meeting. Ah, sorry, the anointing left on the altar. And that's what the principal of us, we don't know. When the man of God is ministering, he's a different person. When you see him eating briyani, he's a different what? Person. The anointing of the man of God standing to ministry, don't joke with it. Don't joke with it. Your hour of miracle is when that word is going forth. I want us to pray this prayer as you are standing. Now, Father, please deliver me from every self inflicted hindrance to my miracle. Anything you have done to yourself that makes you not to be living in a victorious life. Say, God, deliver me from every self-inflicted injury to my miracle. Every self-inflicted injury to my victory. Deliver me to Lord. Every seed of pride in me, remove completely. Every seed of pride in me, take it away completely. Jesus, I cannot afford to go off the same way I came. Every seed of pride in me, remove it completely. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. I know there's no visitor here. I make the announcement. But somebody is here. Do you know the root of unforgiveness is pride? Say me to go and say sorry. I would never. Many will say, over my dead body, and the person will die. You refuse to forgive because of what? Pride. If you truly think of it, your God, when you are living that dirty life before you gave your life, if God had to look at the way you are dirty, repelling, repulsive, and he didn't save you, will you be born again? And your brother offended you, you say, me? To so say sorry, forget it. To go and beg him? No. I would rather die for, for me to go and beg this man. It's what? Pride. And you want victory. It's not possible. So if you are holding anybody in your heart, you have not let go. You don't grieve. You are keeping malice. You are in for it. That's what the Holy Spirit says. I come and tell you tonight. You have been crying to God. God, I need miracles. But you refuse to forgive. Sorry. You are proud. And faith minus humility, defeat. You are here tonight, you are not born again, I want to pray with you. You are not born again, I want you to please raise your hand so that I can pray with you. Or you are born again before you are backslidden. You are born again before you are backslidden, God is calling you. Jesus Christ is too smart for you, for you to say, no, I will not, I will not surrender to Him. In fact, you are abusing His mercy and His love if you still hold on unto your ways. They have been telling you, come and give your life, but you are, still, you are just doing anything you, you like. The same God that can kill you and you cannot question Him. You cannot question God if He decides to do anything with your life. They say, come and give your life, you are still living your life anyhow. If you are here, I want you to raise your hand, I want to pray with you. God is ready to have mercy on you. You know your life is not right with God. Or you are backslidden. you know you fell. You fell from grace, you committed a sin, and you are struggling to come back to the Lord. I want to pray with you tonight, before I invite the elders to come and lay hands on us, as men that want to be laid hands on. There's nobody, wonderful, choir please, you're going to let us sing. I invite the elders, if you are here, you know you want a touch from God. I've shown you, so there's no for you to be proud of it. You need a touch from God, please move to the front quickly and let, let the man of, the man of God pray with you. Prayer of faith. He said the prayer of faith will heal the sick. You want to be healed, please come and let's pray with you. And I can assure you, you will go home today and come and testify like our sister testified today. By next month, everyone coming out tonight to be laid hands on shall come to testify in the name of Jesus. Please, leaders, elders, please let's come out and minister to these people. Choir, you can please sing. As we minister to... If you want, us to be laid on you. Please don't watch somebody else in your front. You come out and receive the first blessing. It is time to be laid hands on. Please come quickly, the Lord, I need this like that woman did. And I can assure you, you will never remain the same. Pray. Please, elders, let's come out and pray for these people, us brother be Aran.
2: We thank you, Jesus. Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing time? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting in His places? Are you washed? Oh
1: Continue to be in an attitude of prayer And begin to to Appreciate the Lord Just thank the Lord God has spoken to us today Can you not open your mouth And just thank the Lord Is your pride preventing you from even Talking to God Does God have to ask you To humble yourself Before you can even talk to him Just think What a good God we have He's so mindful of us That he is telling us That we are letting pride get into us And that is going to prevent us From meeting him God does not like the proud. God tells us because He wants, He loves us. He's disciplining us. So that we will move closer to Him. Let's just appreciate the Lord. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord, that you have spoken this day. Thank you, Lord, that you have spoken your heart out to us, Lord. And Father God, we have sinned. We have fallen short, Lord Father. Every one of us. We have let that enemy, pride, to to pop its head in our life, Lord Father. Our words have been words of pride. Our lives have been lives of pride. Father God, this day we just say that we surrender ourselves to you, Lord. We... We talk from our hearts, Lord, Father. We just want to come in humility to you, Lord, Father. And we say, thank you, Lord, that you have spoken to us. You have taught us, Lord. Father God, I pray, Lord, that we will not forget this when we go out from here, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We give all glory to you. We praise you, Lord. I'm just going to read... Repeat a word that has just been quoted And that's the story of Naman 2 Kings chapter 5 Verse 14 and 15 So he went down and dipped seven times in the Jordan That's what the prophet said to do According to the saying of the man of God And his flesh was restored Like the flesh of a little child And he was clean He had a problem The man of God asked him to do something He did it He was restored. But crucial, number 15. And he returned to the man of God, he and all his aides, and he came and stood before him. And he said, indeed, now I know that there is no God in all the earth except in Israel. Next month when we come, we have got to come back and say this. We don't take our healing and go. We come back and say, Indeed, there is no other God other than the God we prayed to. Indeed, there is no other God other than the God who is my God. Okay, and that's what we have got to do next time. We've got to come here. There should be a line of people who say, I need to testify. I need to testify. I need to say what God has done in my life. Sweet and short, but we just need to glorify God. Let's thank the Lord. Father God, we thank you for this time. We thank you, Father God, for being with us this day, speaking to us, Lord Father. We give thanks to you, Lord Father. We thank you, Lord, for a man of God you have used this evening, Lord Father. We thank you, Lord, for giving your word to him that he could bring it across to us, loud and clear, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that you will continue to bless him, anoint him, Lord Father. You continue to use him in this place, Lord Father, so he can bring us divine words, Lord Father, that will bring correction and edification into our lives, Lord Father. We thank you, Lord, for every one of us who's gathered here, Lord Father. We thank you, Father God, for every issue that's been brought upon to you, Lord Father. And we thank you, Father God, for every answer that you have already sent, Lord Father. And we receive it, Lord Father, with a grateful heart. We give all glory to you, Lord Father. Father God, even as we depart from here, Lord, I pray, Lord, that your words will ring in our minds, Lord Father. That we will not step out with pride. That we will not walk this week in pride, Lord Father. But we will remember to humble ourselves, Lord Father. We thank you, Lord. We give all praise, honor, and glory to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ The love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with us all, now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Praise God.